and welcome to the Let's Spirit Lead the Way podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Loretta. And we're two soul sisters that came together to create this podcast for you. This is episode two called Scared Awake. We were going to share about our spiritual awakening journeys and how the pain of the dark night of the soul served us. And we're also going to be discussing the differences between what a wake-up call is and what is a dark night of the soul. And don't worry, at the end, we're going to leave you with a very special tool that you can use where you can go within and see how your dark moments were actually catalysts for your biggest growth. So just to get into what a dark night of the soul is and a wake-up call, do you want to speak into that a little bit, Loretta, of the differences or maybe give some examples? Yeah, sounds like a great idea. I think the the wake-up calls might be easier to tackle first. Um, I think a lot of people have probably heard of a wake-up call. Um, I can think of a few examples in my own life, Um, you know, simple things um, when, I guess it's, you know, if I were to define it, it's like simple things that happen or big events that happen that kind of rock your world and make you kind of stop. Um, Because you know how we kind of live in a, I don't know, I guess a bit of a hamster wheel. Sometimes we're going round and round doing the same things, not really talking to the same people, visiting the same places. And then something big happens, like someone we love dies and it, it stops everything. It just makes us stop and reflect on our life. Um, that's how I would sort of define a wake up call. Um, I've had several wake up calls. Um, <laughs> I've had several people that I love pass away and, Um, I know like during the grieving period, um, it's definitely got me to just pause and think about, okay, there's more to my life, right? Like there's, there's more to my life than what I'm currently living. Um, I think one of the bigger wake up calls I had was um, a period in my time, uh, period in my life, sorry, that um, a lot of, I had series of wake-up calls that happened one after the other, and my grandmother actually died, and I had been going through a, a really rough period, um, and I remember sitting in the church at her funeral mass, and I remember thinking to myself, like, that's it, like, I just, I can't, continue to live this life feeling miserable that I have to do something to change it and in that particular moment it was I had to quit my job it was just like a realization that came into me Um, but to precede that there were a series of events and what I would classify as a dark night of the soul which we'll talk about a little bit later but (laughs) um, definitely like things had to lead up to that point to make a decision to change. Um, So that's, I guess, how the wake, how the wake up calls served me. I'll share Mm -hmm. a little bit more about them, but just wanted to kind of give a bit of a framework for it first. What about you, Laura? Did you have any wake up calls you wanted to share? Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I got full body chills just listening and I can't wait to hear more of your story, but um, yeah, I'd love to share uh, some wake up calls that I had. And one that recently came into my awareness is just because the date of it just passed. So on 
January 5th of 2017, I got fired from a job and I never got fired from any jobs. And I was working for this like crooked dentist that I, I was just bringing a lot of awareness and light to some situations that were really off and they caught on to it and pretty much fired me. Um, but also January 5th is the date of Yogananda's birthday. Um, Yogananda is a guru that I've connected with since I moved to California. And January 5th is also the date that a really close friend of mine passed away. I think it was back in 2011. He passed away on that date. So it's kind of crazy, like the synchronicity of that date and everything that happened. But it was a wake up call for me because I realized um, and at that time, I didn't quit dental hygiene, but it did kind of make me realize how like that, like wasn't what I was going to be doing forever, that I did have this like bigger picture type of like personality that I was going to be able to help people in a bigger way, but I couldn't put it all together yet. But that was just definitely like that, that scared me awake for sure. Um, that was just a little one. Um, I'll just speak really briefly into another one. Um, a huge catalyst for me to change and a huge pivotal moment in my life um, was when my aunt passed away. And that was back in, let's see, 2007. So I would think I was about 20, around 21, I want to say. But leading up to that, um, I was going out drinking all the time, not hanging out with the best crowd. Um, I always had this like voice in the back of my head that would say, Laura, like you don't have to drink to have a good life and to have fun, but I just couldn't get out of it. I was just in, living just in like a horrible area and just surrounded by that. And my aunt actually passed away at a young age. She was only 40. And I looked up to her like no other person in my life, but she was an alcoholic and she was a drug addict. And she, I was pretty much living the lifestyle she lived that led her to her death. And I don't wanna go super into detail, but I just wanna say um, just the process of watching her pass away was like horrendous and just like enough to really make me wake up. Um, just to give you a little information, she was on hospice. Um, she wanted to be on hospice in her house and the family members all had to take some time to go over a couple hours a day and like change shifts to take care of her. So after I'd work my dental hygiene job, I'd go over and um, I saw her, you know, go from this beautiful, vibrant woman to then on her deathbed in her living room where she was like shriveled up and just like seeing the sight of her um, right before she passed away, she was in a coma and I couldn't even talk to her anymore. So it was a very traumatic experience. Um, so just, it just reminded me as like, I needed like something like that to make me realize like, holy crap, if I stay down the same path that I'm going on, I could end up like that. Like it looked like a horrible death that she had. So, um, yeah, it's kind of crazy how like, in the moment you don't realize because you're going through so much like grief and trauma and all the pain and all the emotion of it you don't really see sometimes till down the road how that event happened to really change the path of whatever you were heading down can you relate to that at all loretta totally and i and i look 
I've, as you're talking, it was kind of bringing me back to some of the wake up calls I had earlier in my life. Um, and, you know, just because I had wake up calls earlier on doesn't mean I took any real big action. <laughs> uh, it took for me, I'm stubborn, apparently, it took multiple wake up calls to get me to make a decision to do something different with my life. Um, I think that the first big one was when my father in law passed away back in 2006. Um, and I remember, you know, it, it was a tough, it was a tie of tough time, you know, he same, he passed away at home. Um, the process was over a year or so. Um, and it was, it was um, a heavy period in life, but it also got me to reflect on, you know, living and dying and, and what makes you want to look at your life more than, than looking at people who are passing. I think it's just, it's just natural in, in the way that it just naturally makes you think about life. Um, and so it kind of got me thinking about, especially with my career, there was a lot of unhappiness with my career as much as I was grateful to have a, a sustainable job um, in, in the dental world. Um, I, I never really felt like, oh, this is like such an amazing job. I'm so excited to go to work. Like I didn't have that like passion, right, right from almost mm -hmm. the beginning. Like I, I became a hygienist in 2002 and by 2003, I was already looking for part-time jobs and things like other things to do outside of dentistry. And so it's interesting, but like when I went back to work after my father-in-law passed away, the place I was working wasn't very supportive of that you know, process. And the dentist just looked at me and he said, oh, instead of, you know, I was expecting him to say, you know, my condolences. No, he didn't say that. He said, life sucks and then you die. And I was just like in shock because I was like, how could somebody talk like that? Right. Mm -hmm. But obviously, you know, that's not coming from a, a healthy place, someone talking like that. So it kind of like rocked me, but I wasn't ready to make any real change yet. And then in 2007, I was in a major car accident and I was pregnant. And um, so it was kind of scary. Right. Um, but again, it was. <sighs> a time where I had to stop and, and reflect, but, you know, I wasn't able to make that big a change, but it was, it was a series of, a series of these big events, right. That just kind of shake you up and they make you stop and, and reflect. And then um, the big stuff happened in 2011, 2012, when um, I had some people close to me going through personal crises and trying to hold space for them. And I just like realized, I'm like, I'm so miserable, you know, like, I was just so, so miserable. Um, and I had it all on the surface. I had it all. I had the, the, you know, decent paying job. I had consistent income. I had a loving, supportive family. I had two healthy children, um, a house, um, you know, friends, a good neighborhood. I, I actually, on the surface, I had it all, but inside I was so dead and miserable. And, um, you know, I, I think it was, it was my grandmother's passing that really, that really was like, shook me. And I'm like, no, like, I just, I can't, life is too short to continue doing this because that's what made me make the change. But even before that, sorry, I'm trying to remember my own story. <laughs> In order, <laughs> even before that, I actually, this was a big wake up call that I had was I was driving home from work one night and I used to work long hours. So it was dark. And I was driving home and this thought came in my head and the thought was that guardrail looks really good right now. And 
I was like, holy shit, like, why am I thinking like this? Like, I've never had any kind of suicidal thoughts before. Mm-hmm. But that thought just popped in my head. And I was like, whoa, and obviously, I didn't do anything. <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. that in itself, that having that thought for me was probably one of the biggest wake up calls I've ever had. Um, because it made me realize that I was that unhappy with my life that I'd even consider such a thing. There's something not right here. I have to make a change. Um, and so shortly after that was when my grandmother passed and I I did decide at the church to quit my job and I did. I, I quit my job very shortly after, I think it was a week later. Um, and I felt so much better like instantly. It was like actually kind of amazing. Um, but yeah, like looking back, it's like these moments, these wake up calls definitely served me to um, move forward. And like we were saying before, it's like this uh, quote that I heard from Michael Beth- Bethwith um, is that we're pushed by pain. You know, the pain pu- uh, pushes us before the vision pulls us, something like that. It's not exactly word for word, but. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You the know? Pushes until the vision pulls. Yes. Ex- yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that was definitely my, uh, it's definitely what was happened to me at the beginning of, for me to change. I had to be pushed by pain. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So I guess like what I kind of described there was like, that was my dark night of the soul. So it's like, when Mm -hmm. we were talking about how do you describe a dark night of the soul? Like what's the difference, Laura, between like a dark night and a wake up call? Yeah, that's a really good question. Thank you for asking. Um, so I, I look at it as a dark night of the soul can be periods of time throughout your life. I, I personally feel like we all, we go through multiple of them. I'm not sure if they ever actually stop. (laughs) Um, They can be longer or shorter. They could be like weeks. They could be days. They could be months. They could be years. Whereas a wake up call is like a sudden moment. Like, um, like when I got fired or Mm -hmm. like a death or, Um, something like very specific like that that's the wake-up call and then that usually triggers a a dark night of the soul so um, do you want to share anything about that or your thoughts um I think it's just like when you're in the dark night it's hard because it's like what's wrong with me right like there's I don't know (laughs) when I was in the dark night I didn't I'd never even heard of a dark night never mind anything remotely like spiritual language like I just wasn't raised that way um Mm -hmm. but I was like I kept asking myself like is this what it means to be a successful adult like is this all there is to my life like and this just crushing feeling of like I'm just so just so not happy like there's something's seriously missing um Mm -hmm. and it was from the inside like it was a devoid of of true happiness right it's not to say I never felt happy and I was always miserable I wasn't but um yeah yeah thanks um I just wanted to see like your perspective on it too and I just Mm -hmm. wanted to share um when you spoke of Michael Beckwith um when I first got on my awakening path, there was certain mentors or people that I was really attracted to. And I learned of Michael Beckwith through that book, The Secret, which I think I talked about in the first episode. And when I moved to California, I was like, oh, I really need to check out his like spiritual community, which is in LA. It's called Agape. And so I went back in like 2015 or 2016-ish area and or 
back yeah back then <laughs> and uh i learned that he was having this like really intimate uh silent meditation retreat out in the desert and i was like "Ooh, i want to go to that there's only maybe like 20 or I'd say around 20 people there and it was him like leading the whole retreat. So I got to meet him in person. I literally was like sitting in front of him like the whole time. Um, he did a ton of obviously meditation and I'm like, whoa, like I can't believe again, like I attracted, you know, these people that I'm like reading in books. Now I'm seeing them in person. So I'm sitting there and we're doing these like deep meditations and I kept getting the word Kundalini kept coming up and I'm like, Kundalini, like what? But it was like Kundalini yoga. And I was like, okay, it just kept like coming up as a message. So when I got home, um, I ended up looking it up and trying out a class and the very first First class that I went to I thought it was like the weirdest thing ever I didn't really connect with the teacher and I just thought it was like really woo-woo weird stuff so I kind of like <laughs> forgot about it for a while um, but in the meantime I was you know working my dental hygiene job still stressed out all the time I started having panic attacks I've only had maybe like two or three my whole life but the first one was at that job that I got fired from. I didn't realize that's what was happening. And the second one happened at the next job I went into. And um, if you've ever had one, it's like the worst feeling in the world. It feels like you're having a heart attack or you're going to die. So anyway, um, the reason spirit gave me the message Kundalini is because I eventually like went back into it again. I found um, there's, a whole other story that goes with that. I found a place that just opened by my house that happened to be a Kundalini yoga studio. And I went and took a class from a different teacher. And I was like, I don't know what that is, but I need to keep doing that. And like, ever since I've been practicing it, I have not um, had any panic attacks and it's helped any like low feelings or just any feelings of like nervousness that I was having. Um, so that's just an example. I feel like that was kind of like a wake up call in a way too. Hmm. So I just wanted to share that. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for sharing. Um, that's, that's neat. It kind of got me thinking too, about like when I was in the, the dental office, <laughs> when I was going through my dark night of the soul, like those several, hmm, probably years, especially a few months, um, I lived with chronic pain. Like I had headaches, migraines. I think I lived, I probably took Advil, no word of a lie, probably six to seven days a week. Um, I had sore necks, sore back. And yeah, some pe people could say like, I just kind of blamed it on the, the work, right? Like it's repetitive mm -hmm. work, it's straining, but really if I'm honest with, my, with myself and I look back it was more than the work it was <clears throat> it was the environment that I was working in but it was also my mindset at the time it was um it was a lot of, it was a lot of different things I was carrying a lot of stress and like being a working mom is like it's no easy it's no easy thing <laughs> so it's a big mm -hmm. it's a lot to juggle um and so, you know, just a lot of pressure on myself, but I also look at like, I didn't just sit in the dark night and do nothing about it. I was the same in the sense that um, you said, you, you know, you found mentors and wow, one person I really loved listening to was Tony Robbins. And I actually listened to several of his CDs while I was kind of going through my darkest moments. Um, 
And he kind of got me thinking, it's like, I remember thinking, I really need to make a change with my career, but I don't know what to do. Like, I don't even know where to begin. I don't know what else I would want. And um, it was, I think it was an exercise that he kind of walked us through. And it was like, well, write down everything you don't want and then flip it around. And I was like, oh, okay, I can do that. I can easily tell you everything I don't want, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know? So I kind of did that. And then it was like, okay, but then it was like, I really fell in love with coaching and that whole concept at that time. I'm just like, I would love to do this for people. I would love to help people out of this um, stuckness and just like, you know, just really live and light up and enjoy and feel fulfilled and all of that. But, you know, I wasn't ready to make that move at that time, right? That was probably back in 2000 and I don't know, maybe 10, uh, 11, 12, somewhere in that range when I started listening to him. Um, so he wasn't like, I wouldn't say at the time he was overly spiritual, um, but um, it definitely led me to on my path. So in 2016, I finally was like, yeah, I'm going to go and become a coach. So it took me a while. So even though I, I left my main job in 2012, I still temped in dental hygiene till 2016. Um, but yeah, it was becoming a coach didn't happen until till 2016. And um, I didn't really find spirituality. Like, I mean, I've always had intuition and all of that, but um, I didn't deepen it and really focus on it until 2017 is when I got into really meditating regularly and um, a lot of things opened up. Um, but if I look back, I was always guided, even though I maybe didn't have, you know, the word pop in my head, like, like, like you had the Kundalini thing, right? I mean, I have, I've mm -hmm. had that kind of stuff happen to me now, but then I didn't, it was just more like, oh, this seems interesting. This makes me feel good. I'm going to listen to this. Like it was more subtle <laughs> for me. Yeah. Um, so I just share that. It's like, it's like sometimes we're guided in direct ways, like a hammer falling on our head, like, boom, here's the answer. And sometimes it's very subtle. It's like the stuff that can support us is around us we just have to look we just got to open our eyes and see it right it's like oh pick up that book that's been collecting totally. dust on the side of your bed and just read it if <laughs> it's going to make you feel better like turn off your phone yeah. like you don't have to watch 50 million episodes on netflix you can like <laughs> do something that makes you feel good even if it's just like petting your dog or something um but at the same time i can relate to the the crushing like lack of motivation when you're stuck in this dark night of the soul because it's less like I don't want to do anything but watch tv I don't want to do anything but eat my face off or drink or whatever um but I think we have to get to a point where the pain of it is so uncomfortable that we have to change and I think that's that's what happened to me yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, when you were sharing, I was, I just was thinking of this quote that popped up recently on my Facebook or Instagram. And it was like, sometimes it takes 10 years to get that one year that totally changes your life. And I thought of that because you talked about like the subtlety and the little inklings, like that just like sometimes, yeah, you don't get hit over the head with a hammer with like answers. Like it's, it takes, it takes time and it takes like steps. Um, but it's like, just always listen to that inner guy, that inner knowingness that like we all have mm -hmm. and try to like stay, um, stay true to that of like what it's telling you and knowing that it is like leading you and it's like, let spirit lead the way, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. but um, 
I know we talked a lot about some heavy emotions today. So I did want to end the podcast with just offering you a small tool that you can add to your toolbox. You can use this anytime. Um, obviously, if you're driving right now and you're not at home in like a comfortable position, you don't want to do the first part or probably the second part either. <laughs> um, you can listen to this podcast later and do it then. Um, but if you are at home right now, um, just get into a comfortable seated position, closing the eyes down, just taking a couple deep breaths. So allowing whatever thought or sensation is there to be there with no judgment. Just simply concentrating on your inhale and exhalation. And next, we're going to do an easy breathwork exercise. This is called box breathing. Basically, you're going to inhale for four seconds, hold the breath for four seconds, and then exhale for four seconds. We'll just do that for about a minute, just so you can get the, the hang of it. So go ahead and begin. Go ahead and inhale four seconds. One, two, three, four. Hold the breath. One, two, three, four. And exhale. One, two, three, four. And go ahead and inhale. One, two, three, four. Hold the breath. One, two, three, four. Exhale. One, two, three, four. One more time. Inhale. One, two, three, four. Hold the breath. One, two, three, four. Exhale. One, two, three, and four. Now, still with the eyes closed, I'm going to give you some journal prompts that you can come back to this podcast or pause to write them down. Uh, but the first question is, where in your life did you have a moment that looking back on was a pivotal point for change in your life? And I'll say that again. Where in your life did you have a moment that looking back on was a pivotal point for change in your life? That is the first question. And the second question is, how might a current challenge be a blessing in disguise? How might a current challenge be a blessing in disguise? Right. So hopefully you got those questions down. Thank you so much for listening to episode two. Um, episode three will be out early February of 2021. So look out for that. And we so appreciate you being here and let spirit lead the way. Thank you. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye.